to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. supporters of defeat the mandates in the United States of America. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan, and together we stand with tens of thousands of service members and their families who will be involuntarily removed from service because of the COVID-19 mandate. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you our personal stories and thoughts. This is not the position of the United States Marine Corps or the Department of Defense. I began flying F-18s off the aircraft carrier of the USS Enterprise with combat deployments. I was a Top Gun instructor and transitioned to fly the F-35. I was competitively selected to command an F-35 squadron. That achievement took 18 years and seven months and was recently taken away because my religious accommodation and appeal both came back tonight. My family and I chose to hold the line here in order to preserve our freedoms and constitutional religious rights for our children and for future generations. My name is Joshua Hoppe. I'm a captain in the Marine Corps and an MV-22 Osprey pilot with just over nine years of service. If this mandate is not rescinded, I will likely be removed from service, charged with misconduct, and the education benefits that have transferred my children will be removed. I have researched and informed my command of the lack of any fully FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccines. This mandate infringes on our religious freedoms and is being unlawfully enforced. I have sworn an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I will not abandon that oath. My name is Captain Nick Morrison. I'm an active duty Marine F-35 pilot with just under six years of service to our great nation. Absent intervention from our judicial branch or senior military leadership, I face involuntary separation from our beloved Corps after my religious accommodation request was wrongfully denied. These injustices being carried against an officer are likely occurring at an even greater scale to our junior Marines. When we took the voluntary oath of service, we did not surrender our constitutional right to exercise religious freedom. My name is Captain Catherine Stark. I was the Marine Corps' first female F-35C Lightning II pilot. I haven't received the COVID-19 vaccine due to its development utilizing bodily tissue from aborted children. This moral and health-based decision has had very negative effects on my professional career. This past year, the policies in place have led to me being personally targeted and discriminated against. I pray to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that the military can reverse the mandate and respect my religious and moral beliefs as well as my legitimate health concerns. Howdy, good afternoon. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Reed. The statements that follow my own and do not represent the United States Marine Corps. I am a Marine F-18 pilot, having served honorably for 18 years and five months. I am a Top Gun graduate, 
and served as an instructor pilot at multiple fixed wing platforms and at the Naval Aviation Warfighting Development Center. I have five total deployments, three of them to combat to Iraq and Afghanistan, both in piloting F-18 as a forward air controller in support of entry Marines. Resulting from our request for list combination for COVID vaccines, I've been removed from senior position within my units and I'm awaiting final adjudication of my list combination appeal. And like thousands of other military service members, face likely administrative separation from service. I stand here with you and with thousands of other military service members at great risk in the aggressive defense of our constitution and of our religious liberties. Cheers and simple for those. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Hank Bortenstein. I've been a Marine for 19 years and three months. I've primarily served as an instructor pilot in multiple helicopters and fixed wing aircraft. I've got three combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan flying the Huey helicopter. Now I've been grounded and I'm being processed for punitive discharge because of my religious and conscientious objection to the shot mandate. These stories you've heard today are ours. However, it bears repeating that we stand today for tens of thousands of service members in similar circumstances or even worse. Over a thousand have already been punitively discharged under similar grounds. We stand today for truth, religious liberty, and in fulfillment of the oath that we took to support and defend the Constitution. We are incredibly humbled and blessed to be in the position that we are in today. We thank you for your support, your prayers, and God bless America. God bless America. And we've been talking a lot, haven't we, about fighters lately, about how we need to be fighters, how God hates cowardice, how we need to be soldiers for God, putting on that full armor of God, swinging that sword, wearing that breastplate of righteousness, wearing that helmet of salvation. No fear. And nobody embodies the spirit of no fear. Nobody embodies the spirit of being a fighter more than a Navy SEAL. And look at, and, and it's not only them. It's our Army men and women. It's our, uh, the rest of the Navy. It's Air Force. It's everybody. Everybody was forced to give up their God-given rights to be a lab rat for Tony the Rat Face Fauci. Our prayers, hear from Live from America, Continue every single day for our military men and women. We understand that Joe Biden and the left are trying to weaken our armed forces in order to usher in this United Nations blue hat, new world order globalism. But I have a spoiler alert. We know what happens in the end of the book and you do not win. Ladies and gentlemen, you are locked and loaded right here on Live from America. On Real America's Voice News, I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the live-free-or-die state of New Hampshire, smack dab in the middle of all of this blue tidal wave around me, nonsense, ridiculous, ignorant northeast that I live in, but thank God we have this beautiful, beautiful live-free-or-die granite state of New Hampshire, and thank you, it's an honor to be here every single night for you, fighters, Fighters, fighters. That's what we want. That's what we need moving forward. And if you're a fighter, please stand up because we need you and we need you now. For the Real America's Voice News audience, um, we are having a Save America Freedom Tour in Arkansas this Wednesday night, April 13th. Live coverage starts on Real America's Voice News at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be myself, Ben Berkwam, Heather Mullins, Jan Morgan, Doc Washburn, Judge Joseph Wood, Pastor Ken Carney, Senator Alan Clark, and Iverson Jackson at the First Nazarene Church on 3804 Central Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And there will be no show on Thursday night on Real America's Voice News. Excuse me, there will be a show, but it will be a rerun show, or maybe they will rerun the Save America Freedom Tour during that hour, but I will be traveling all Thursday, so I will not be able to uh, to do a, a an updated show. <clears throat> but we will be there Wednesday night, so if you're in the area, you're in Arkansas, you're around Arkansas, you want to come out, have a good time, come out, meet us, and be part of the Save America Freedom Tour. Let's get into 
some of our emails because we got some good ones. This one is from Tiffany. Tiffany says, hello, I've been watching your show twice a day since the end or since the night of the election. At about 2 a.m., I was shaking my husband awake because I felt in my soul something was wrong. The next day, I found you and the people of Live from America. It has been so nice to find truth and all these wonderful Christians to support our country. It's my birthday on April 6th. Now, this email is from April 4th. Just to show you guys, we do get to them. We just get a lot. So it is a happy belated birthday for her. Big shout out to you and a big shout out to your family. Your dad, uh, John Simon, passed away and will definitely keep you and your family in our prayers for this Easter season. From Kelly, she says, I've been watching since December 2020. Your show has returned me to the Lord. Thank you, God, for that. I walked many, many years. I walked away, excuse me, many, many years ago because of a bad experience with a church. And that's the damage a church can do. I know uh, I now say the Lord's Prayer with you twice a day. Many days I've been so down due to everything that is occurring, and I can always count on you for a good laugh. Well, I'm glad we can do that for you. God bless you and thank you. Here's a great one. Uh, this was sent uh, from Matt this morning to Romney and other rhinos. Actually, it would look like it was sent just to Romney, Mitt Romney, mom jeans. Says you and your rhino buddies are complete disgrace to this country. How can you support? A woman. Oh, that's right. I'm not a biologist that can't give the uh, can't give Congress a straight answer on any question that she was asked. He was going to say, how can you support a woman that? And then he kind of put in that joke there just to, for context. Uh, how deeply are you involved in child pedophilia that you would support a judge that's soft on that kind of a crime? That's you know what? It's good that you are uh, getting your voice heard, putting your voice out there, not being afraid. What, what was the mantra this morning from now on? Do not um, be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. That's what God wants you to do. That's why he's got you here in this time. So be loud, be vocal, and don't be afraid. One more here from Deanne who says, I really love your newsletters and have been forwarding them to my sister this year. I really love and appreciate how you break down the scriptures for us to understand. My sister Wanda and I have been listening to you twice a day since your Facebook days. Both of us never really paid much attention to politics until listening to your show. You make politics come alive, and we both love knowing that we can get the truth from your show every day. I set my alarm twice a day so I don't miss a show. I got my sister Wanda to listen to you, and we both, um, and we both talk to each other about politics now. Wanda was able to buy three of us sisters the red You Can't Beat God shirts for our birthday. I just wore mine again yesterday. I love it and the message it gives. You know, that's why it was important to wear to, to, to uh, create these You Can't Beat God uh, hats and the Armor of God hats. It's so that you could be out there and you could be vocal and not afraid and that you could be loud and proud for God without even having to open your mouth. Just you wearing the shirt, just you wearing the hat, just you wearing the sweatshirt, whatever it is is enough to show the world who you really love and who you really stand for. Let's go to the Lord now, folks. Jesus Calling, the evening version on this beautiful April 11th, year of our Lord, 2022. It is my son's birthday today, and I want to say happy birthday to you, Jaden. I love you, and God bless. Here we go. My word is seasoned with multiple commands to be thankful for good reason. I ransomed you from eternal punishment through my torture, torturous death on the cross. And I continue to shower additional blessings upon you. As you learn to give thanks in all circumstances, my loving presence will increasingly brighten your vision of life. Exodus 16.8 says, Moses also said, who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against our Lord. Giving thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you and Jesus Christ, says 1 Thessalonians 5.18. During this holy week, and before you turn out the light tonight, folks, start now to develop a grateful mindset, and soon you will perceive all of my gifts more clearly. And again, on this holy week, do not be afraid, be loud, and be vocal about your God, about your family, and the importance of this beautiful country that we call the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, please remove your hats. If you are wearing one, let's go to the Lord in prayer. From your lips to his ears during this holy week, let's say it with some passion and some love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Folks, whether you are watching this show now, whether you watch it tomorrow, whenever it is that you catch up on this show, I would ask that you please and very kindly share it like your life depends on it. Because you know what? In this day and age, it just might. Let's take our first commercial break here on Real America's Voice News. Thank you all for being here. I will be back right after this. Please stay tuned. Sorry about that being a little loud there, guys. Sometimes the videos come back and they're a little loud and uh, we try to keep everything running smoothly here, but sometimes it comes in a little loud. So I'd like to, I got a list here of people I want to thank. I got a lot of stuff in the mail. Now, if you don't follow me on Instagram or if you don't follow me on Getter, you might have missed this beautiful, beautiful painting that was sent to me framed up of Jesus carrying and burying the cross. It was really wonderful, and I, uh, I would believe Kenneth and Cack, I think, Kenneth and Cack Cole were the ones that sent that, and I want to thank them very much. I'd also like to thank Bobby Neal from Texas for the Bibles, the thank you card, and the donation. Yes, Craig, oh, it's not Kenneth, it's Craig, Craig and Cack, sorry, sorry, Kenneth Cole, just does on the mind, Craig and Cack Cole for the uh, painting and the tea, Lubba Tea, Todd and Lisa Van Bokel for the dog toy for Jackson. My wife was so happy about that to go rhino hunting. That's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Reg, uh, Regis Davis, thank you very much for the books and uh, the, the donation in the letter. And, yes, we will give a call. I'm going to be doing some phone calls tomorrow, so be on the lookout between shows. Uh, Kim Galbraith, thank you for the Easter wreath. What a beautiful Easter wreath that was. We're going to get that right up. Uh, Sabrina already took it. Lawrence Mills, as always, God bless you uh, for the flag uh, and the cross wall decor. Thank you uh, for the Trump American flag mug. Got that up. Look at that. Drinking out of it right now, sir. Thank you very much, Lawrence. And a big shout out to your mom, too. Ashley Garland, thank you for the books. And thank you. Uh, The book From an Atheist to a Believer and Uplifting Words, Carol Baker, For the box of goodies, God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Anytime somebody sends something for my wife and kids, too, it's really a great thing. So thank you. Kim Glynn for the donation. She hasn't been able to uh, send it in a few months, and she just got one in. We want to say thank you for remembering. Janelle Mitten, God bless you for your monthly donation. Margaret McGuire as well, thank you. Susan Scalcioni, I never know if I'm saying that right, but uh, Susan, thank you again. Lori and Ed Ledoux. God bless you for the card. Thank you. Lewis and Virginia uh, Jabaldi for the donation. Thank you so very much. And Sandra Duvall. You guys, thank you all for your kindness, your love, your support, your rumble rants, your ability, uh, your uh, your willingness to be able to help fund keeping a producer here and stuff like that. This stuff is, uh, it's just, it never gets cheaper. It never gets cheaper. And you guys have done a wonderful, wonderful thing to keep things going. So thank you very much, all of you. I have something I need to send you. Jeremy says, Oz fan. Well, um, the, hopefully you have the new address because it's a P.O. Box now. But it's P.O. Box 527, Claremont, New Hampshire. So we'll be on the lookout for that. And thank you all very much. Please, please, guys, we need about 1,000 shares. We got to get them out there, whether you're sharing the Rumble, the LFA producer, or the Getter page. Let's get those done and let's get back to this first and foremost section. Here we go. And welcome back to Real America's Voice News live from America. Some of you are staying up really late to watch the show, and I appreciate that. And a big shout out to the Getter stream for Real America's Voice News. I always like to pop in there and see what's going on. Let's get to the first and foremost section, please. Lift up your cups, and let's have our first slurp. Here we go. Last Friday. We did not get a chance to talk about what happened in Michigan with the whole, you know, FBI foiled kidnapping plan of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Now, this is a story that is very near and dear because we get a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, emails about this. 
People that we know that, had, uh, that were related to people involved, this could not be more of a blessing. What happened to these gentlemen in Michigan? Now, the entire story from the very beginning felt odd. It felt like there was something wrong. When we first heard of this plan to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer and take her to Wisconsin and execute her, we're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This does not sound even in the slightest like something that Trump supporters or patriots would do, which is what they were labeling the people that were coming up with the plan. We'll leave it right there for a minute. But when I said this foiled FBI kidnapping plan, folks, that's exactly what it was. And it goes so much deeper than Michigan. So just bear with me as we try to get through this. The FBI has been so corrupt for so long. You and I both know that. That is not a secret. But it's, we're really starting to shine a light on it now because of how much stuff is being exposed. And here's the other thing. None of this would be exposed. You understand? None of this would be exposed unless we, unless we were not, if if we weren't doing what we've been doing since November 3rd, we would not even know what the FBI is up to. And unfortunately for them, and fortunately for us, we have been on them like flies on manure when it comes to any involvement that the FBI has in anything, because we're starting to realize that, wow. Maybe all of these things over the years, who knows how far back it goes. Could it go all the way back to Waco, Texas? I'm not saying it did or it is. Could it go, does it go to school shootings? You wondered why people like Alex Jones and so many people don't believe these school shootings and they think they're false flags because how many of these hoaxes or false flags has the FBI been involved in or has started on their own and then flipped the script and blamed it on somebody else. The most, one of the most prestigious institutions and agencies in the world is 100% compromised. The FBI is no longer the prestigious agency that it once was or that it was meant to be. Now, it's nothing but a strong arm of the mob. Our federal government, in this country right now and has for a long time been very, very comparable and comparable to the mob. That is why Rudy Giuliani is ahead of the curve. He's fought the mob before he understands mob mentality. And that's exactly what we're fighting here with the FBI. So if you guys don't know, let's get into the story just in case you only get your news from me and we did not get to touch on it last week, but a jury refused last week, Friday, to convict the men that were entrapped by the FBI in the foiled Whitmer kidnapping plot. The jury refused on Friday to convict any of the four men standing trial for supposedly plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer after strong evidence that the FBI tricked them into a plan. I wonder where else that sounds familiar Hmm, maybe a little uh, date like January 6th. Well, let's not get that far. Let's not get that far yet. After 20 days of trial, jurors determined that Daniel Harris, 24, Brandon Caserta, 33, were not guilty of felony charges of conspiracy to unlawfully seize, confine, kidnap, abduct, or carry away, or hold for ransom for a reward or otherwise the governor of the state of Michigan. Jurors could not agree on the fates of Adam Fox, 38, and Barry Croft, Jr., 46. So the men left the trial with no verdict and with the possibility of being brought to trial again. Prosecutors representing the U.S. Department of Justice argued that the group of men were anti-government extremists who schemed to violently take down Whitmer for her role in promoting COVID-19 tyranny in Michigan. Let me stop the article right there and just tell you, that I proudly and loudly am also an anti-big government extremist who thinks that our government is by far out of control and completely tyrannical, which our uh, founding documents told us to beware of and uh, be wary of. And it's exactly why we have the Second Amendment, not to hunt. And I'm not saying that so that anybody does anything stupid or crazy and goes after them. What I'm saying is, 
everything that our founding fathers told warned us about, we're living it right now. Getting back to the, uh, to the article. They exchanged lighter prison sentences for testimony from two other men found guilty of participating in the Whitmer kidnapping racket, helping absolve the government of any blame in the case. When news of the alleged plot surfaced, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, who's just a complete loser and a moron, and, co- and corporate media smeared the men, accused them of wrongdoing as white supremacists, so I hope they sue their pants off as well. Some journals blamed the plot on President Donald J. Trump, even though some of the men involved were openly anti-Trump. Quote, if the president read his intel briefings and understood the dogma of white nationalist groups, he'd realize that language like liberate Michigan is read as, um, as attacked permission, if not explicit encouragement for militias to take action. Politico's chief political correspondent, Tim Alberta, wrote, Now, defense attorneys, however, countered the government and media's attempt to pin the plot on Harris, Caserta, and others with evidence that the FBI deliberately hatched the plot and manipulated the men into joining the Motley crew led by the government informants. Now, back when this first started becoming a thing, like when it first started becoming like in uh, even even worth reporting on. Remember, this was what a year ago. So, I mean, this was a long time ago. I can't remember the exact month, but we were sitting here going, wait a minute. There seems to be more FBI agents than there were people involved in the plot. And we knew that a year ago. But see, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen, is it's all starting to come crumbling down. And what I mean by all starting to come crumbling down is people are starting to see through everything. And the FBI has been so corrupt for so long that they don't even, they don't, their word doesn't even matter anymore. And judges are throwing out the cases because they're bringing them cases that are worthless in court. They might sound good in the court of public opinion, but they do not sound good in the court of law. So for that, let's go ahead, play it. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb Dumb Award of the Day, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, once the most highly prestigious law enforcement agency in the world, how far they have fallen. Now, I want to read to you something that I found very interesting. Right after this all happened, we then find out that the head of the FBI of the FBI in Detroit during the fake Whitmer plot was transferred to D.C. field office before January 6th. Think about that. So before January 6th, this guy that's the head of the FBI in Detroit, he was sent to the Washington, D.C. field office. And all of this happened very, in it, as far as time frame, it happened very close to each other. So you tell me what you believe. You tell me what you really think happened in Washington, D.C. at our Capitol building on January 6th. These people are trying to take over our country and they're trying to jail people who are literally, their only, their only guilt ever is being a patriot. And they can't stand that and they hate that with every fiber of their being. Now, I will ask you, do you remember this guy? Let's just pull up his Instagram, this Instagram page real quick. You remember this guy? If you know this guy, then you definitely have your finger on the pulse of America. If you don't know this guy, then you may not know what the FBI is even capable of. This guy is named Seth Rich. Now, Seth Rich had his own little run in with the FBI, but not while he was alive. No, after he was dead, I'm sure he figured out some stuff that that he was afraid of when it came to the FBI, but he was really afraid of Hillary Clinton. He was murdered in D.C., and the FBI was all involved in that, too, and they even gave some very, very strange uh, accounts of what happened to Seth Seth Rich. And even even the reports, the paperwork, there was something always off about that. It just seemed odd and weird. So I think there's a direct involvement with January 6th and the FBI. I think there's a direct involvement with Seth Rich and the FBI. I think there's a, I know there's a direct involvement with the Governor Whitmer plan to kidnap her and the FBI. How far and how deep does it actually go? 
That's what I want to know. Is the entire FBI completely corrupt? Is it completely um, compromised from the bottom up and from the top down? Now, I do want to play something for you. Over the weekend, Hillary Clinton decided to show her face once again. But this time, ladies and gentlemen, it was to say something very different. It was to actually admit that elections in the United States are stolen. Listen to what Hillary Clinton says here. And she said this Saturday in Inglewood, California. Best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. What was that, Hillary? Say that again. Let's listen again, folks. You can run the best campaign. Yep. You can even become the nominee. Yep. And you can have the election stolen from you. Wow, Hillary, that's odd. That's odd that you're admitting that. Isn't that the same thing that Donald Trump not only got kicked off of social media platforms for, but he's also being invested, uh, investigated for? Is saying that the election was stolen, that the real insurrection was November 3rd of 2020, that it wasn't January 6th of 2021? And if it was January 6th of 2021, then we already know who was it guilty and who was at fault for that, don't we? Well, alphabet agency that starts with F and ends with I. And we will be right back right after this with more Live from America on Real America's Voice. How'd you like that little word play? That was nice, right? <laughs> uh, Donald Trump beat her and he didn't even have to try to steal it. Exactly. Exactly. What happened? Remember that book? Oh, what happened? What happened? Alicia Whitus says that's all they know. Lie, cheat, and steal. Let's jump over to Getter real quick. We got about 250 people watching on the Getter platform. If you guys could re- uh, repost that, that would be incredible. Carol, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, Bev1958 says, and we know all about the stolen election. You are correct. She said that shortly after the 2016 election, uh, explain how she lost. Yep. Wow, Hillary, hilarious Hillary, mad because you lost. Laura Mealy needs a shout out. She says she's never missed a show. We want to thank Eli. See, that's why we need to keep Eli employed, ladies and gentlemen. That's why your Rumble rants go to Eli, because he gives me all the news right away. So big shout out. She needs to turn back into a bat and fly <laughs> and fly away, says Brian. Man, you ain't wrong. You are not wrong, sir. Um, yeah, but she's... <sighs> These people are out of control, out of their minds and out of control. Let's um, let's get back into the show. Uh, anybody that's watching from Alabama is really going to like this next part. So let's get back into it. And welcome back to Live from America, everybody. I really appreciate you being here tonight. I appreciate you being here every single night. What a weekend we had leading into Holy Week and uh, especially... For all of us Christians that know exactly what this week really means, let's continue to share that message to people, to unbelievers. Let's continue to reach out. Let's not harden our hearts, and let's not be like those churches that push people away. Let's bring people in. Remember, compassion, kindness, and joy. Joy is what we want to give people, especially people who've only experienced happiness. Amen? And one of those Christian uh, Christians that we want to support and help is Mike Lindell. Uh, I know you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing about Mike Lindell commercials, but you know what? If it's a Christian-owned company and it's somebody who's fighting for us, I love being partnered with him. And uh, if you guys do do any shopping, any Easter uh, Easter shopping, there's a lot of deals going on right now. Please use that promo code LFA for Live from America as it always helps out now. For all of those who live in the state of Alabama, boy, do you guys got a wonderful governor down there, Mrs. K. Ivey. Boy, she put out a message that has the left freaking out. The left is in a frenzy over this new ad that's been put out by Alabama Governor K. Ivey. Now, I think the best thing to do is just go right to the video and show you why the left is freaking out. And they maybe have good reason to. And this is what I love. Fighters. What did I tell you? Do not uh, be, be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid, just like Governor Kay Ivey. 
The fake news, big tech, and blue state liberals stole the election from President Trump. Well, there you go. And here in Alabama, we're making sure that never happens. We have not and will not send absentee ballots to everyone and their brother. We ban the corrupt curbside voting, and our results will always be audited. I'm Kay Ivey. The left is probably offended. So be it. As long as I'm governor, we're going to protect your vote. The left is offended. So be it. I love that kind of uh, courage. When somebody comes out and says, look, they stole the election, period. You don't like it? I don't care. Kick rocks. Beat feet. Pound sand. She says they're mad. They're in a frenzy. Oh, well, we're not going to send mail-in ballots out to everybody and their brother. Not happening in the state of Alabama. And, uh, and the way she started it out, the left stole the election. Boom. Those are the kind of Republicans we want. Period. That, so if anybody wants to know, oh, is this person going to be a rhino? Do what we do here on Live from America. Ask them right out from the very beginning. Was the election stolen? Uh, well, see you later. We're not endorsing you. Was the election stolen? Yes. Okay, we're endorsing you. And not because we want everybody to mindlessly, brainlessly be sheep and just follow what we say. No, because if you have not seen the evidence at this point and you, have, and you don't know what you've seen, then, then there's no use for you in this new Republican Party. It doesn't mean we don't like you. It doesn't mean that we don't want to have a friendship with you and conversations with you. But there's no room for you in this new party. Because if you've not taken the time to sit down and look through this evidence on your own, then again, there is no room for you in this new Republican Party. I am sorry. Go be a Democrat. Go be an independent. Go be a libertarian. Go be anything you want, but you will not be in this Republican Party. Amen? Period. That's how we need to do it from now on. That's how we need to do it from from now on. Uh, Someone who's not a fighter, though, somebody who doesn't need to be in this Republican Party, somebody that we've already identified, exposed, and have uh, a running people against him. Now, I'm not happy with the guy running against him, but I'll leave it at that. And that person who is not a fighter is Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Let's just face it. I know that there are Republicans that watch this show in Georgia that love Brian Kemp. This is not an attack on you. This is an attack on your governor, who is just as much of a rhino, if not worse, than my governor, Chris Sununu. Now, we have continued to put Chris Sununu in there because he's always been the lesser of two evils. Those days are over. Chris Sununu, you better be running. Brian Kemp, you better be running. We would rather have a Democrat that we know wants to destroy everything than a Republican who wants to destroy everything but won't tell us about it. Now, earlier today, we touched just briefly on Governor Kemp's involvement or implication that he was involved in trying to stop and trying to hold down any report coming out of True the Vote during their investigation of the, of the drop box ballot crime um, uh, network. That's what it is. It's a crime network. I was going to say a crime syndicate, but it's a crime network. And it's happening in every major swing state. It's probably happening nationwide. They just haven't dug into those states yet. But don't think that just Ohio or just Pennsylvania or just Arizona or swing states, they want, they want Florida. They want Texas. They want all those big, beautiful red states that have tons of electoral votes in them. And, you don't, and if you think for a minute that they haven't been doing this ballot harvesting scheme scam all over the country again, then you don't have your pulse on the finger of America. So I thought at, for this moment we would uh, take a, uh, kind of like a, a trip back in time, almost like a flashback, okay? And we should never forget that Brian Kemp and GBI Director Vic Reynolds leaked very serious confidential information to the public on True the Vote's ballot trafficking investigation that could have compromised their entire investigation and did nothing to help them. So for all of you in Georgia who are Brian Kemp sympathizers, at least, at least take your lips off of his rear end long enough. Stop being a big donor. Stop being a, a lobbyist for him just for five seconds. And look what he's done to your state. Look at what he's done or lack thereof to and for your people in that beautiful state of Georgia. Back in January, it was reported that Brian Kemp and Georgia Bureau of Investigations Director Vic Reynolds and their underhanded uh, attacks on election integrity group, True the Vote, 
was real and it was in an attempt to stop information from getting out. Last week, True the Vote founder Catherine Engelbrecht told Charlie Kirk that Governor Kemp thwarted their investigation. And this is what we talked about this morning. And I just wanted to go into a little bit more detail since we didn't get a lot of time to talk about the specific subject today. Okay? Thwarted their investigation into the massive Georgia ballot trafficking scandal. Kemp and GBI director not only neglected to hold a serious investigation into the massive and coordinated election fraud scandal, but they released confident information to the media that hurt or could have hurt True the Vote's investigation. Now, why would Brian Kemp and Vic Reynolds do such a thing? If they are so good, for all you people out there that donate to them and you want to get them reelected because, oh, they've just done such a darn good job for the great state of Georgia. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Now, later on, True the Vote ended up sending a letter to Brian Kemp threatening legal action. Threatening legal action. It was first reported on this story months ago, and then on January 4th, True the Vote showed that they had data, witnesses, and video evidence of election fraudsters in Georgia participating in what appeared to be a ballot trafficking operation for the 2020 election. This is something you all know. This is something you've all seen. True the Vote shared its information with Georgia uh, Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Bureau of Investigations back in April of 2020, as rightfully so. You should. You're taking it to you're taking it through the right steps of the legal system. Months later in September, True the Vote received a response from Governor Kemp's appointee at the GBI, minimizing the evidence provided and providing their decision not to perform any investigation into the ballot trafficking operation. Now, I've showed you. Heather Mullins has shown you. People have shown you. um, Hundreds of people walking up to drop boxes, fanning out ballots, taking pictures of them, shoving them into the drop box. We now have video footage and cell phone data, ping data, that they were going to and fro. Stacey Abrams headquarters in Georgia, and I just think it's odd that they're going back and forth to these ballots, dropping or drop boxes, dropping in more ballots. And the only place they go in between is Stacey Abrams campaign headquarters. And you don't want to investigate it, Brian Kemp. You don't want to investigate it. So I'm asking all of you who continue to support Brian Kemp, this loser. Why do you want to be a loser? Would you like to be a loser by association? Would you like to be part of something that destroys that state even further and this country in the process? I don't want to be a loser. Hence why I will not vote for or work with Chris Sununu. Just because he's the lesser of two evils. True the Vote notes that they withheld names of individuals from Kemp and the GBI because they were afraid they would be leaked. And sure enough, the GBI leaked a slanted story to the garbage media providing True the Vote's concerns were absolutely legit. They tried to hijack and destroy their investigation. And thank God, thank God almighty that Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote were smart enough, smart enough to at least not give the names of the people that were doing, that were, uh, that were involved in this harvesting scheme. And they just referred to them as John Doe, because if not, ladies and gentlemen, we might be uh, we might be in a whole different place right now. Let's take this quick commercial break. Real America's Voice News. Live from America. We'll be right back. God bless. So what do you guys think? I know there's a lot of people from Georgia who watch this. Kemp is trash, just like Stacy. There you go. There you go. Who the heck supports Kemp? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people, a lot of people. If that was the if nobody supported Kemp, then he wouldn't. Uh, then David Perdue wouldn't have a hard time winning. Candace Taylor wouldn't have a hard time winning. As a matter of fact, you put Candace Taylor up against Brian Kemp one on one, and she would smash him in a debate, and she'd smash him on likability. She'd smash him with uh with with the women vote. She'd smash him. Period. The guy's nothing but a loser. The only reason that he is relevant is because of the GOP. And who do you think David Perdue belongs to? That's my question. Who do you think David Perdue belongs to? Think he belongs to the GOP too? These two are nothing but good old boys. And I understand. I understand the game of politics. I also understand the game and the art of endorsing. Just because I don't agree with an endorsement by President Trump does not mean it's for a reason. But I will always give my personal opinion on these people as human beings. I do not believe David Perdue is an honest, hardworking public servant. 
I do believe Candace Taylor would be that. We know for sure Brian Kemp isn't that. We know for sure Vernon Jones wouldn't have been that. You know what I mean? Just like we know for sure that Chris Sununu is not one of those people. Why do we have to be... What I don't understand is why do we have to be an either-or kind of a party? You know what I mean? Well... Um, I really like this guy because I don't like the other person. Well, you cannot like him too. You know what I mean? You don't have to just support him because the, uh, the other person that you're running, that he's running against or she's running against is some kind of a loser. You don't have to support that person either. You don't have to fall in line. You don't have to conform. Well, Jeremy, what happens then if we split up the party, then the Democrats win? Well, then I guess that really tells us something about our Republican party, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It means that we can't come together on the better on the uh, the more the priorities. We can't come together on the big issues and put somebody in there that's going to do anything about it. Why? Because we're weak. This party is weak. It has been weak for decades, and that's why we're here to strengthen it. That's why we're here to strengthen it. And you know how many people get mad at me for saying something about these rhinos? Guess what? It'll never stop. I can't stand the rhinos more than I can't stand the Democrats. When is Jeremy starting his campaign for office? In two weeks. Two weeks. Start of May. Because I have to file in June. So I'll be starting in May. All right, let's get back to the show. People in Rhode Island, you're not going to be happy with this story. But here we go. And welcome back to Live from America here on Real America's Voice News. Again, ladies and gentlemen, during the commercial break, I was talking to people and I said, we are tired of being weak in this party. We are tired of people uh, dividing in this party over the smallest and most minuscule things. It is time for fighters, and there's really not much more to say. You're either going to be a fighter, or we can suffer the same fate as we've been, as we've been suffering when, it go, when we go up against Democrats. Now, people in Rhode Island, you're not going to be happy about this, but this is another piece of, uh, another way that they uh, cause destruction on this country. In Rhode Island, uh, recently, a high school has canceled their honors classes because only white kids qualified to take them. So because kids of a skin color that happens to be Caucasian are the only ones that actually qualified for these honors classes, the, the, uh, the school and the district has decided to pull those honor classes and not offer them because it would be racist that only white kids take them. I want to go to a local news station, a uh, Channel 10 WJAR, who reported on this story. And let's bring that up right now if we can. Dan Patrice, tonight's meeting saw more than 40 people speak in a lively school committee, school committee meeting here at Barrington High School. And it's one where a lot of people express frustration and confusion. Barrington parents, students, and taxpayers looking for answers. English less important than math or science. After the school district, widely considered one of the best in Rhode Island, decided to remove certain high school honors courses earlier this month. By creating these learning inequalities, you are hurting our town and the students most of all. Starting next school year, BHS honors programs for English and social studies courses for 9th and 10th graders will not be available. The district says the change makes classes more equitable. But many folks worry the removal hurts students. What DeLevelin has done is erased a problem and has not solved it. To remove choice, opportunity, reward, and challenge, and support for, in the name of fairness for all is just about the most individually unfair thing I've ever heard. Some raise concerns ranging from confusion over course selection all the way to AP readiness. You cannot tell me that removing honors will help our kids be better prepared for AP courses. It will not. It cannot. Others even calling for action. I implore the school committee to vote to restore honors courses and conceptual courses in the 2022-2023 calendar year. Principal Joseph Hurley says he wants to revisit the change in the coming months. I think part of the issue that we have run into is we've made some very quick decisions on some of these things, and then we've had to backtrack and, and continue to backtrack. I want this to be done right. Uh, I want this to be something where um, it's, it's going to be good for kids. Which we but tonight, parents hoping it happens sooner rather than later. So please, return us to where you were and figure out what you're doing. 
And Principal Hurley did say earlier that he wants to bring back a dis honors distinction for English and social studies in the fall. However, there was no vote taken and no details were released. They're hoping to have more on those coming up in May when the school committee did ask for a more thorough report about data and communication as well to the school department. Live in Barrington. All right, Cal that's enough of that. So let's take this back. So. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, they're continuing to dumb down our youth. They're continuing to dr drive a wedge in between everything. They're continuing to teach our children that uh, the uh, racism exists on a scale that it's not even close to existing at. And, any, and nobody knows the definition of racist anymore. Racist does not mean what racist meant when you and I were children. But to remove honors classes because the only people that qualified for them happen to have white skin... I would ask first, what is the ratio in that Rhode Island school to white kids and black kids? Second, I would say, well, isn't that a testament to how bad of a job the teachers are doing in the public school system? And third, I would say, that's racist. It's racist to take away the class because some kids qualified for it and other kids didn't. Let me ask you this. What if those kids that qualified for it happened to, I don't know, qualify for it because they worked really hard and academically they became to the point where came to the point where they 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 could actually, you know, be accepted into something like an honors class. I mean, wasn't it a guy the very famous guy who said something about the content of your character rather than the color of your skin, but it seems like the only time we talk about Martin Luther King is on Martin Luther King Day. That's the only time you'll hear Martin Luther King's name or his words uttered by a Democrat is on that day when they dress in some garments and kneel and put their fist in the air like idiots. Morgan Freeman said it best. You want to stop racism? Stop talking about it. That's how little racism exists in this country. And Morgan Freeman said that, not Jeremy Harrell. Now, Let's go from Rhode Island all the way down to the border, specifically the Texas border, if we can, because last week, Greg Abbott made a very, very bold statement that said that he just, much like the Ron, the governor of uh, Florida, Ron DeSantis, uh, said that he was going to start shipping illegal aliens to D.C. and Delaware area. Now, while that sounded good, and while I even applauded that decision, I thought about it over the weekend. Now, number one, everybody who lives in Texas says Greg Abbott is a lot of talk and does nothing. As a matter of fact, they think of him the same way people think of Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. He puts his finger in the air whatever way the wind is blowing. That's which way, direction that he goes. And I hear that over and over and over and over again from people in Texas about Greg Abbott. And I got to thinking about that over the weekend. And I started thinking, wow, is Greg Abbott really doing a good thing here? Or is he really just helping facilitate the dispersing of illegal aliens in our country and helping as a conduit basically push them deeper and deeper into the heartlands of this beautiful country that we call the United States of America. Because if you really think about what's happening here, let's say, let's say, because, and, and, and why is this different than, than Florida? Because Florida, they're not coming, they're not coming in by boat, Okay. In Florida, the illegal aliens that are coming for, from a majority of them are coming from the southern border and then going to Florida. So the, Florida, the southern border is the point of entry that Joe Biden has opened illegally to allow an invasion on our southern border. And Governor Abbott is basically just saying, hey, we'll give you a free ride deeper into the United States of America. Wouldn't it be much more, I don't know, intelligent? Wouldn't it be much more of a courageous and, and awesome thing for that governor of Texas to do to just say, hey, we're going to call it an invasion like it is? I have the power to say that there is an invasion going on on our border. Just like Arizona has the power. But Governor Greg Ducey will not do that. We know. We know that uh, the California governor, Newsom, won't do it. But guess who will do it? Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake has already vowed to immediately label the invasion at the southern border exactly what it is, is a, as, as an invasion. Title 42 is almost done, folks. What's going to happen? Now, some are saying that, uh, that Greg Abbott may be gearing up to do that. Others are saying, don't, don't, no, he isn't gearing up to do anything. Don't listen to what people are saying. We will, though, go to the, bo uh, go to the border real quick because Ben Berkwam got some wonderful footage. Ben Berkwam got some run wonderful footage from the border of um, 
Texas National Guard training for a southern border invasion in May when Title 42 runs out. Let's go ahead and play that uh, video from Ben Berkwam on the border with the uh, Texas National Guard. Folks, get used to these pictures because we're going to be seeing a lot of them in the very near future. They're trying to bring in 10 million illegals into this country to change the fabric of this country in less than one generation. Let's hope Greg Greg Abbott gets serious about this and not just runs training uh, drills. Let's hope that these guys are actually training for what he would call an invasion at our southern border. Because ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what it is. It is an invasion to change this country from the inside out, and it is a very strategic plan and ploy by the Democrat Party on this nation to change it in less than one generation. And they're really fast-tracking it because Hillary Clinton had lost. Now, what I want to do now is I want to go and I want to play a very quick video posted on Carrie Lake's Instagram. She was in Mar-a-Lago over this last week, and she posted a 12-second video with President Donald J. Trump. Let's go ahead and play that video of, um, of Carrie Lake with President Donald J. Trump and the words that he said kindly about her. I will say that uh, I think that's going to be one of the great things that I've done endorsing a woman and helping her get elected, and I think she'll go down as the greatest governor. (laughs) President Trump says he thinks that she will go down as the greatest governor in the great state of Arizona, and I do not disagree with that. I think she definitely will go down as the greatest governor in Arizona history because she pulls no punches, ladies and gentlemen, and she is ready to fight Carrie Lake. And we only want fighters. We will take our last commercial break here on Real America's Voice News. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. So what do you guys think? Uh, People in Arizona, let me know what you think of Carrie Lake. Let me know what you think of what she plans to do when she becomes governor. I don't know if it'll be too late. That's the scary part. I don't know. If it will be too late, we need these governors like Greg Abbott. We need these governors like Greg Ducey to stop being rhinos and stop being scared and stop being stop worrying about where their next donation is going to come from and actually do their jobs. You know, secure the southern border. Man, I tell you. Here, here I was thinking last week that Governor Abbott was doing something special until I sat down and realized, and, and, and some of you probably already were thinking it, especially if you live in, in the great state of Texas, but I thought, well, isn't he just helping the Biden administration at this point? I mean, isn't let's call a spade a spade. Isn't that what he's doing? Crazy stuff. Thank you, Spartan. Spartan said he's working on getting Carrie on the show. I have not actually formally um, invited her yet. I've done it by proxy through other people, but I'll get, I'll get on that because I want to get her on before she becomes governor and I'll never get her on the show. Let's finish the show out strong. I want to tell you a story about my daughter. Please stay with us. Here we go. And we're back here on real America's voice news live from America. Look folks for Christians. It is the start of Holy week. Yesterday was Palm Sunday. And as I said this morning, today was the day that Jesus cleansed the temple and God prepared the way for everybody to see his sacrifice for the entire world. Now, I want to tell you a story about God's chosen path for you. Nobody knows what God's chosen path is for you, but you and God, and sometimes you don't even know it. But everybody thinks they know God's path for you. Even I think sometimes that I know the path that God has chosen for my kids. Sometimes I am proven wrong. Today, I'd like to talk about that. Recently, my oldest daughter left Christian school, left the private school and went to the public school. There's a lot 
There's a story behind that. There's a backstory to that, but I'm not going to get into it today. Long story short, I feared what every parent fears about the public school system, especially a kind-hearted, wonderful uh, young lady like my daughter who does believe in Christ going to a public school. Maybe someday I'll tell you why that all happened. Long story short, she went. I was very afraid. I was very, very concerned, and I was very in tune and um, communicate in communication with her every single day about what was going on and what she was learning. Well, the other day, Friday, I picked her up from school to find out that she had gotten an award. And not only did she get an award, actually, this was Thursday she got the award. Not only did she get the award, but the award was for academic to academics and attitude. And the school said, and this is where God works, ladies and gentlemen. God has plans for her that I did not know. The school said they have not in a very long time seen somebody to come into school with the attitude that she has, with the level of academics that she has, with the kindness that she has. She's always smiling. She's always helping people less fortunate with their, with their homework or anything else. But here's the greater part, folks. She asked me if she could take one of the Bibles that we have here at Live from America to give it to a friend. And I said, why? What friend? And she said, a friend in school. I said, you're going to take a Bible to a public school and you're going to evangelize to and spread the gospel to a girl who has never been to church and never read the Bible. And she said, yeah. I said, why? She said, because she saw me praying and she asked, you know, basically a little bit about it. And I told her I could bring her a Bible. Long story short, my daughter took a Bible to school, to the public school system, and she spread the gospel to this young girl. And now this young girl has a Bible. And the first question that she asked my daughter was this, what do I do with it? You know what my daughter said? Read it. Very, very, very proud. And again, I don't know what God's path is for her, but apparently she is on the right path. She's spreading the gospel like she's supposed to. She's not allowing this public school system to dictate what she does or doesn't say and how she does or doesn't act. She is literally working that out with God, and I could not be more proud as a father. So, long story short, you never know what path God has on your loved ones. All, they, all you have to do is have faith and trust that he has them on the path that they need to be on. Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America tonight. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Please go to jeremyherald.com, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless you, and have a great night. Bye-bye, folks. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America.